0: Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen out there in podcast listener land. This episode of The Tiger Pit is brought to you by Unplugged Essentials. Hemp is at the core of their innovation. However, not all hemp is created equal. Instead of using either isolated CBD or cannabis oil, which are the most popular cannabis-derived products out there on the market, they have infused their soaks with water-soluble hemp-derived phytocannabinoid-rich powder. This way, they make sure that their products take advantage of the several hundred bioactive components present in hemp. They make no compromise in quality whatsoever and ensure each batch is lab-tested and 100% percent thc free. You can find them on Instagram or Facebook, or you can go to unpluggedfloatessentials.com and get yours today. And if you use the promo code, the tiger pit, you get additional uh, 10% off your order when you go there. We're also brought to you by Knock My Legends. Knock My Legends celebrates the heroes, legends, and icons of Muay Thai and kickboxing. Their mission is to create art in the form of apparel that honors each fighter's contribution to the sport and the art that we all love. They have a great selection of shirts and other gear and accessories that highlight the greats from the sport from the past all the way up to today. It's great gear if you want to pop a little style while you're training or if you're just a fan of Muay Thai and want to represent the culture. You can go to knockmylegends.com as well as Facebook and Instagram and check out what they have. And when you're ready to buy something, enter the promo code The Tiger Pit for an additional 10% off your purchase. Again, that's knockmylegends.com or knockmylegends on Facebook and Instagram. N-A-K-M-U-A-Y Legends. We are also brought to you by Athlon Rub. Athlon Rub is the next generation in performance and recovery for all sports. It is a new approach on the traditional Thai oil formula, founded on a time-tested formula and enhanced through proven ingredients. Made in an FDA and ISO certified lab in the United States, it's certified and continually tested by informed choice to be free of banned substances, performance-enhancing drugs, and cross-contaminants. You can go to athlonrub.com and take a look at all the products that they have available, read testimonials from users, and see what everybody else is saying. And when you get some things in your cart, you can get an additional 10% off when you use the promo code THETIGERPIT. We are also brought to you by Diplomatico Rum. Diplomatico is distributed in over 80 countries around the world. It holds the Ronde Venezuela DOC and is recognized as one of the finest rums in the world. They have three different ranges for your tastes, traditional, prestige, and the distillery collection. You can find them online at rondiplomatico.com. That's rondiplomatico.com to learn more about who they are and find out some of the history behind one of my all-time favorite rums. We are also brought to you by the Stepping Razor Barbershop at 952 Flushing Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. The Stepping Razor leans into the realm of the classic 1940s American barbershop without being stuck in the retro vortex. They specialize in American classic traditional haircut styles and shaves, but they can do a whole lot more. You just got to ask them. Tell them what you want. You can check them out on Instagram at The Stepping Razor Barbershop, or you can go to TheSteppingRazor.com and book your appointment and get yourself looking good and feeling good. And lastly, we are brought to you by the Dojo NYC at 1082 Cypress Avenue in Ridgewood. The Dojo is a fully equipped martial arts training center specializing in kogirinha jiu-jitsu, traditional Muay Thai, and MMA. Whether you want to go and just get a good workout or compete at a high level, it's a great place to train. You can go... To the dojonyc.com. That's the dojonyc.com. Check out their classes, their instructors, and programs, and even sign up for a free trial class if you want to check it out. That's the dojonyc.com online and the dojo nyc on Instagram. All right, we made it through it. Okay. A guest on this episode is a world-renowned drummer, composer, and producer. His album and stage credits include Angelique Cujo, Branford Marsalis, Carlos Santana, Wu-Tang Clan, RZA, Ghostface, Lee Scratch Perry, Erykah Badu, Bilal, the Man with the Iron Fist soundtrack, and you've seen him behind the kit on The Tonight Show with both Jay Leno and Jimmy Fallon, MTV, the Nobel Peace Prize concert, and a ton of other things. Jesus, he's got to get up pretty early in the morning. Anyways, will you please welcome to the Tiger Pit one of the best drummers on the planet and our old friend, Mr. Gintus Janisonis? On the next episode
1: of Adventures in
0: Animals. It's a Kaverian and a Polish guy. Okay, we'll start the podcast, right? It's 9 o'clock. It's dark enough. I'm putting on my ninja suit. That's the part, right? you got to get into your head. Now you're struggling with your words. Check the Yelp reviews. I'm sure they have like it four. It's amazing.
2: I was trying to get that out, and I had a hard time struggling in my head. They just see something they don't recognize me, they check out immediately. I had a point. I had a point. Coming to the stage. I've heard this many times from different sources. You didn't even know me when I was hanging out there. This one I was going to be the more together one. Tiger Tiger boot. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. laughs> And I'm like blindfolded with dental floss.
1: Like, I know the photo you're talking about. You're pounding like this, I'm huge, just bear this huge beer. I, I'm staring at you, but it looks like I'm looking through your head. Yeah,
2: your mouth is open.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's a fight happening right in front of us, and I'm what looking at where, Bill. Where, where,
2: where, what were you guys at MSG for?
1: We went to a, a Glory uh, kickboxing match.
2: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and no, a fight breaks out in the... in the No, 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 no. But oh. I'm saying, like, we, we could be... Oh, watching, watching the fight. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay but right. I'm,
1: I'd rather look at Bill's head. <laughs> like, I was me- mesmerized by his head. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Dude,
0: that Lord. shit was... That was good.
1: That was a fun night, actually. I have it
0: Dude, how
2: was Thailand?
1: It was excellent. It was, it was great. But what a fucking crazy place, though.
2: Oh, yeah. You've been? No, but I've been in Southeast Asia. And, yeah. and South Asia, it's... Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> crazy, right? Yeah. Dude, it's like... I just I still can't get over it. It's just fucking bananas. Yeah, you know, it's a fun as fucking hell. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. At least I went there to train, so I had I had a somewhat of a seatbelt.
2: Right. Yeah, you had something anchoring. Yeah. Because yes. yeah.
1: if I had not had that, and I was just able to fuck off every day all day, I might have got lost there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call my wife, and be like, "Yo, baby, I'm in Bangkok prison. <laughs> right? Uh, you will see me in 27 years. Yeah. <laughs> I can't f-
2: explain. it. I just got into some bad shit. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's bad there. Yeah.
0: Send <laughs> me 48
1: million baht. You, you know exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's I mean it's a it's a mesmerizing place. It's it's great. Um, but it's got its bad stuff too. You know, obviously. Yeah. It's got some weird shit happening over there. man. Oh yeah. You know, the whole sex dude, trade shit. Oh, is fucking weird, man. Dude, you
2: have like those. Like, like, there's, like, whole sex tourism, like, yeah, straight travel up. agencies and yeah, shit. Yeah, like, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there was, it was full of, like, um, that's the only thing that bugged me there was, like, I saw tons of, uh, and I know I'm regurgitating stuff that I've said on previous podcasts and stuff, but there were, like, tons of, like, old, fat white guys from, like, England, Australia, not too many Americans at all, but mostly, like, British and Aussie, fat white dudes walking around with girls that were of questionable age. yeah. Girls that, like, you look at them, and you're like, yeah, this girl could be 22, or she could be fucking 14.
2: You yeah, know what I'm saying? like, yeah. And it's
1: weird, man. It's no, it's strange. Dark. You know? At one, point we were at, at one point, we were at this one bar. It was, like, the, one of the first nights I was there. And we were partying. This one girl, who looked like she was about 17 years old, she was... It was the same scenario. Big, fat, white guy. She comes over and starts hanging out with us, and... She's partying, we're all partying, and she's like, "Yeah, I I take care of, of fat white guy all weekend, all weekend." <laughs> and I looked at I looked at my friend Brett, and I was like, "Dude, am I in a fucking Two Life Crew video right now?" <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck?
2: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the extras for Full Metal Jacket. I was like, "What <laughs> okay.
1: is happening right now?" Like it was just bananas, dude. Yeah, but um. Some of the nicest people.
2: Yeah, is, you know, I bet. Cool.
1: Where'd you go in South Asia?
2: Went to Pakistan before oh, yeah? 9-11. Yeah. Oh. And that was an interesting uh, experience because, I mean, you know, it's like it was an international music festival and uh, I was playing with that band Defunct, uh, guy, uh, oh, Joe he, Bowie. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Famous like New York downtown scene.
0: You were playing with them a lot, like around the time I moved here a lot.
2: You were. Yeah, you were, yeah. That's when I was playing. it was for a like, long time. Uh, not that long, but, I mean, on and off. Musician long time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, On and off for, you know, around like three or four years. uh, And I still keep in touch with Joe. But anyway, he's got artistic registration or whatever with the National Endowment for the Arts. Oh, okay. So Defunct got chosen to become, you know, cultural ambassadors for this Sufi Soul Music Festival. Oh, that's So these yeah, family of four Sufi brothers... Um, well, the main brother who started the festival is Sufi. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the other brothers, like, their whole family's crazy interesting. Like, one of the other brothers who I hung out the most, I think he was the youngest, He's he was had gone to school and lived in England and actually worked on the set of uh, 2001 with Kubrick. Holy shit. Yeah, so he had a lot of great <laughs> stories. But uh, What was the band you were with? Defunct. I don't, I'm not familiar with that. Uh, kind of like... Um, avant-garde music mixed with funk and jazz like joe bowie is a trombone player but he was also lead singer of the band okay and they they were really like a big deal in the like the late 70s early 80s like no wave scene they had a couple of opportunities to actually really blow up but for multiple reasons you know kind of blown opportunities which is unfortunate implosion yeah it, it happens. Cheers. Cheers. Is this the Good
1: to have you here, man. I'm psyched. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks for I miss for you, dude. It's been yeah, a minute. Yeah, I miss you too. I know. <laughs> I haven't seen you since like last summer. I know, since
2: the last barbecue at yeah. your place. Yeah. We're still trying to set something up at our place. It's just yes, like... You said
1: that then. Yeah, that's you, what like, I'm saying. The next like, for August, one is at my house. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm thinking like maybe August, you know, like kind of end of summer vibe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because uh, we're... Going through, like, just, like, a bunch of house Mm -hmm. stuff and, like, trying to, like, get that stuff together. But, yeah. Let us know.
1: Give me, like, two weeks
2: prior. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If we're going to do it, we'll know. How's Ange? She's good. She's, you know, in the last stages of uh, her PhD. So Mm -hmm. she's, like, collecting data for her, you know, dissertation and stuff. Like, because, you know, her study is all about... uh, you know, uh, food justice and yep. what can be done to like improve situations for where people are living in food deserts. Yep. You right know, because it definitely doesn't have to be that way. But obviously, yeah, there's a lot of politics be, and economics. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you gotta tell her to say hello. She hasn't been in for mm. a
2: while. Mm. For a hush. She up. specifically told me to send her love and greetings to both you guys. Awesome. She was excited I was doing this. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see if she's just as happy when you get home. Mm. <laughs> i told you i still gotta write charts tonight uh, oh. She's like, oh
0: yeah yeah for a rehearsal
2: yikes. tomorrow yikes <laughs> <laughs> and
0: we've taken on a few mighty men on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: one for me one for the plan. believe one it or not believe
1: it or not this one we're starting here the last podcast was full <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't hurt me fellas well this all we oh, got, yeah, really. that's all we got that's all we got oh okay great and in, in this one well okay little guy <laughs> the little guy
1: <laughs> um, so P- Pakistan must have been pretty cool, though. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was amazing. I mean, we were only in Lahore, and uh, we were only there for um, four or five days. But yeah, it's crazy. I mean, for one thing, it completely explained cab drivers in New York come okay. from that region. <laughs> because oh yeah, chaos. It's where everybody or, like is traffic like is just. Barely controlled chaos. Like, right. I saw insane, right? Right, guys on those like motorized three wheel rickshaws, like, just yeah, taking yeah. a corner oh, real fast. And they're there up too? on two wheels. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. They call them
1: tuk tuks okay. in um, Thailand. So, they probably, yeah, same shit there. Yeah, it's crazy. Same, you know, they thing. hook them all up too.
2: Yeah, exactly. They, they, they have all, all the extra yeah, lights and, and stuff. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> it was really, really cool. But you know, there was, it was also like a lot, seeing a lot of, um, Stuff that makes you realize, like you know, how good we have it in the West and yeah, stuff. Dude. Where like, you know, I, we're we're staying in a in a Best Western in Lahore, mm-hmm. but you come outside and immediately there's like four beggar children, yeah, who are yeah. just coming up to you, like pointing, you know, at, like putting their hand out for money and yeah, pointing yeah. at their mouth because they're starving. And of course, like as much as I possibly could, I, I helped them out. And then like ten feet away from there is a, a dude who's selling shoes. Just like as a street vendor mm-hmm. and he's got two tables set up with shoes. And you know what his personal security was for for his shoe stand? An AK on his shoulder. <laughs> Just Whoa. like, yep, this was is how ge- real I things- was gonna guess a machete. No. I was, I was no, way no. off. No. <laughs> And he ha- and he had a new school. Dude, he had a double... <laughs> he he had a double... <laughs> yeah. yo, yo, this is how much he meant business. He had a double clip, like, tape. Oh, so if shit. one ran out, he just flipped it over and popped the other one in. <laughs> Are people really trying to
1: steal shoes? Apparently. Or well, shake them down? I mean, I mean, sure it, I mean it's, kind it's, you know... Of going
2: yo, going yo shit is serious, yeah. I don't think Wild you West AK. stuff, man. You know, like, it's the third world, like... Yeah, you know? we don't.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we really do have it made, man. Mm. <laughs> you know, as bad as... as bad as have gotten. we have bad
2: shit here, but
1: it doesn't even... First yeah, first world problems even don't even compare yeah to,
2: you know, but it's, it's a good, good reminder too like when you go to places like that it's a good reminder for us to just see that and just kind of oh, get a 100%. reminder of like oh this is how most of the rest of the world yeah. lives yeah,
1: 100% just even going to like like Cape Verde and stuff you see that shit you're just like damn dude people are fucking poor
2: yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it ain't well, yeah, West Africa too. Like when I went there with Angelique a couple times, kind of same thing, just a different flavor. Yeah. But seeing people real poor, yeah. at least, you know, especially for a lot of places in, in Africa, and in Western Africa, where mm-hmm. colonial powers just exploited the country. Yeah. Even they, after they left, they're yeah. still continuing sure, yeah, to yeah. corporate yeah. interests and stuff. Yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah. Angelique told me something really deep, and it stuck with me. She was like, so you see how people are poor here, right? But you notice nobody's starving. And you know why? It's true. Because they don't have, in Benin, where she's from, Mm -hmm. They don't have any natural resources They don't have any oil They don't have any diamonds It's like an agrarian society Like, you know So at least People may be poor But they're not starving to death Yeah, yeah And there's not conflict Because of resources
1: That's pretty much how it is in k too Nobody's starving to death Yeah
2: You're not finding that You
1: know Nobody's dying of like hunger Like people are poor They have Mm. less but nobody's, yeah, nobody's dying of hunger. Like, it was crazy. It was a wake-up call when I first went to um, my great-aunt's house there, my grandmother's sister. And the inside of her house was dirt floor. Yeah. But everything was clean and like
2: totally kept together put
1: away. But the floor was dirt. Right. It was like literally somebody just built like a structure, kind of like a shanty, you know? Mm-hmm. A mu- or like a multi-room shanty in a sense. On just like a plot. <laughs> it's just on land. You know what I'm saying? So your inside floor is, is ground. That's wild. Yeah. I, it's like camping every day.
2: I guess, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But man, even like, I mean, again, like, especially if you really, if you're talking about like the Western world, like specifically like North America or, you know, the US and Canada and England and Western Europe, man, the first time I went to Lithuania with my parents in 1998, which was the first time they had been back since they had to escape with my grandparents in the 40s after Mm. the war. Oh, wow. That's heavy. Yeah. Like we went to my mom's cousin's house and the first heavy thing was finding out that I sort of had known this, but... Until I had met them, I, I hadn't completely like put it together in my head. Mm-hmm. They were part of her family that couldn't escape because the family was too big and there was too many people to try to run with. Man, they got sent to Siberia to a gulag, oof, the whole oof. family for like thirty years. Oh, of mercy. And then even when we were visiting them at their house, like this is, you know obviously like fall of the Soviet Union and all that had happened quite a while before. Mm-hmm. I mean, less than ten years, maybe like eight years. But yeah, mm-hmm. they had you know their farm and the house that they lived in and stuff, but. Still, like, no indoor plumbing. Yeah, right. They had an outhouse. Yep, Like, for real. And that's yep. just, hey, you know. Yeah. It, you shit it, outside. It <laughs> works. Yeah, it works. But, you know, that's what I mean. Like, but it's know. really cold there. Well, it can get. Yeah. So it's kind of really similar weather to here, yeah. like, hot, humid summers and, you know, cold winters. Yeah. Where is Lithuania exactly? Right next to Poland on okay. the Baltic Sea. So, it's, like, right across the Baltic Sea from Sweden. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. it's to the east of Poland.
1: It probably has great weather.
2: It's really beautiful, but they do have, like, you know... There's, like, the proper full spectrum. winter. Yeah, like, proper pro- winter. Like snow, and, heavy snow. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense snow that
0: cool. we ended up in Milwaukee,
1: in Milwaukee. right? Oh, totally, right? man. Well, like, yeah, of yeah. course. I always
0: wondered that. Like, why are there so many, like, Eastern European people in Milwaukee? I well, always thought it was, like, just the way the countryside looked. Like, if you're coming from it, you're going to... They could do the same things, and and like you were saying, they could sustain... Mm-hmm in that area because they knew how to work land like that. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. They knew how to like dig it's interesting in. when
1: you see communities developed by just like immigration communities all like sticking together, you know, flocking
0: together and like creating a new mini version that, of what they came right. from, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's an amazing thing. If you I, think about it, like if you were to move from to another country, right? You're gonna go somewhere at least where you know you could put your feet down solid. Yeah. Yeah, you know, in yeah. in network. And if it resembles somewhat of where you came from, mm-hmm. at least there's a certain amount build of familiarity. Off. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's crazy. Like you're not what? out. Just imagine like be coming from like fucking Pakistan and being like, oh, I live in Kansas.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If there's nobody, but that it, happens. You, but, that that, does that, happen. but that's a yeah. well, it's a bigger, bigger culture shock for them because obviously Europeans were the primary, you know, settlers. Uh, and and right. I think part of it too is the earlier settlers. Like that's why there's so many Germans and Scandinavians in like the, the whole northern midwest where we're from like Wisconsin, Minnesota mm-hmm. I think going earlier back it was a, a bigger part because of those similarities of where they came from mm-hmm. but then later like when my folks came over a big part of it and, and it also relates to like the migration of black folks from the deep south in Mississippi mm-hmm. to Chicago like how the blues spread because mm-hmm. of the fact that during the war and post-war <laughs> those were in massive industrial centers Yes, yeah, like people my, were my,
0: following my, work
2: Yeah, my yeah, my yeah, grandma, yeah my, right yeah, Yo, exactly. my grandfather worked for thirty years for American Motors in Kenosha. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, he got, yeah.
1: nobody does that shit anymore though. Nobody says like I worked this place for thirty. You know, what uh, I'm it saying? doesn't exist. Yeah, that's like, been my killed. Dad, my dad just retired from his uh, the job he worked at, and he was he was there since he was eighteen, and he's sixty three.
2: Yeah, that's. I mean, look, it's I mean, a I long mean, fucking time, man, to yeah, work for a company. Yeah. I mean, but, if you think about my grandfather, like had like he after coming to the, the U.S. with no previous experience in the automotive industry, gets a solid blue collar job, works for like thirty years, retires, has a great United yeah. Auto Workers pension, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know Amazing. what I mean, and just could have a house and yeah. build the family and yep. whatever. The man. American dream, dude. dude. That yeah, that's, that's what that's, it is, man. Starting with Reagan, nineteen eighty, that was the beginning of the end. I know it's crazy. And oh, that's really, when, you that's could trace when immigration,
1: into that. for example, like. The whole wave of like Cape Verdean and Portuguese people moving to New England, they came for the manufacturing jobs, they came for the, the jewelry manufacturing jobs. That's what my dad's side worked on. And my mom's side worked in um, piracy. In piracy. <laughs> hey, this, is, this is true. Really? This is true, yes. But this is true. But I'm specifically speaking of post
2: 1970 in America, but yes. Um, they were
0: swashbucklers. They came from
2: <laughs> swashbuckling. It's a long line of swashbucklers. Lots of scarves
0: and flowy shirts and s- swords and <laughs> high boots everywhere. High boots. There's always high boots.
2: High boots. High boots and fluffy shirts. <laughs> and mustaches.
0: <laughs> what did the pirate say and on his birthday? I, I am 18. <laughs> <laughs> the 80-year-old
1: pirate. <laughs>
2: Ugh.
1: But my mom's side, she they came for the um, seamstress, you know, manufacturing jobs like uh, making curtains, basically. Right. That was a huge industry in New England. Actually, just any kind of clothing textile industry was enormous in New England.
2: Yeah, I remember so- that from living in Massachusetts. Yeah. Like learning some of the history, that it was like you know yeah. huge, like textile mills. And- yep. yep. Textile mills, huge,
1: en- oh, enormous,
2: dude. Um,
1: and that was hugely Portuguese and Cape Verdean. And then also you had the fishing industry.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yeah. Dating back to the whaling way back in the day, like in the seventeen eighteen hundreds, you know that was all us basically. But now specifically, it's just fishing, like just regular fishing industry is huge. You know, mm-hmm. in New Bedford, man, it's fucking that is what it is. <laughs> you know
0: what I'm saying? It's like that's my favorite fish is that North Atlantic cold water. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it,
1: I, I have such a it's, an attraction to it. Like I, I think it's so cool. You know what I yeah. want to? I want to go out there and work on a fishery? Hell no. You know what I'm oh, saying? It's a like, that. That's a brutal job. That's a brutal job. I don't want to smell like fucking fish every day. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Fuck that. Well, also shit. you're risking yeah. your yeah. life with everything. And you're risking like, your life, no doubt. Yeah. You're like I wanna make sure I have well, ten fingers for the rest I of I look my at, my at life. those fucking yeah. boats, man, and I imagine those fucking guys out there doing that shit. And it's fucking cool. Man. I instantly yeah. feel like like a five year old boy. Yeah. Like, yeah. man, those guys are cool. And it's it respect, like, though. Hell it's, yeah, it's, you know, That's what I'm talking about. It's like super respect because I couldn't fuck around and do that. Shit, that's the yeah. thing
2: that's lost too, man. People are so disconnected, especially with all these like bullshit food trends and yeah, fads yeah. and stuff. Whatever. Is like people don't really have that like connection of like, uh, yeah, like how food. where's your food and, coming and from? Food. Like where's regional
1: yeah. food? Yeah, I've, you know, like local stuff. Yeah. Like, I love the local oh, thing, you know. Man,
2: I am I mean, I'm so blessed with uh, Angie's cooking and her dedication to food, because she, the you know, goes like flour. clockwork every Saturday to yeah. our local farmer's market. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. remember when we were growing up, we're old enough where... It was kind of pre- That's This worldwide thing. Yeah, like you'd only get strawberries when yeah. they were in season. Yeah, sure, and you, you, went, went, to and you went to a farm stand. You would get them in You went to a farm stand. Exactly. Or, or even at the grocery store. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah, You just wouldn't find like- All the time, yeah. We used, to, to, see, we used yeah, to have yeah. farm
0: stands all over the place. Like West- of Milwaukee. Oh, yeah, North that's, like, stuff. that was, like, yeah. yeah. Like the farm, strawberry like fields farm. and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah,
2: uh, yeah. You
1: know. I used to go with my grandfather all the time when I was a little kid. We'd go pick, he'd, he'd go uh, buy the corn.
2: Yeah. Yep. We used to, you know me and my saying? mom used to go picking strawberries at one of those farms where you could just go and just, like, do it by the bushel. Yeah, 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 You know, yeah. by the box and just, like, load up. It's, that's oh. the dope shit, man. But that's the thing, Kids like, not even know
0: nothing about that stuff We had a guy in our neighborhood where I grew up. We lived on 42nd Street, and there was 43rd behind it. And his property was, like, uh, from block to block. So he had this gigantic garden. And this dude would, like, harvest and just walk around to people in the neighborhood and drop off bushels of food. Yeah, sweet. Tons of shit. It
2: It just makes such a difference, and it makes, you know, uh, wasting way less resources from importing stuff from South America or wherever when it's off-season. It makes you appreciate... That food so much more. Like when strawberries are in season now, Mm. oh, I'm psyched, you know? And then, like, I wait till next year. Yeah, yeah, right. the the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. (laughs) For us, regionally. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I love the regional importance. But even stuff that's grown, like, where they can technically grow it outdoors year round it just, not, it just doesn't taste the same right you know it, well you need the temperature yeah and all, that all the, the soil yeah. changes
1: it gets richer in the more humid climate
0: right you know, it needs time this farmer's been here is for 30 years you know yeah. there's definitely some magic in the soil yeah
1: yeah, yeah I'm sorry Claud- uh, I've been in the same boat as you Claudia goes to all the the food co-ops she mm-hmm. does one here when she's in town for work she'll, she'll go to one here and like be part of that and put in time, work in it, and then bring stuff back in a cooler and shit. She's wild style with it. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, goes to farmer's markets out there and mixes it up. And we're getting stuff from, you know, from the stuff here at the food co-op. They're bringing stuff from, like, upstate and all that stuff.
2: Right. Yeah, if we had a better, like, co-op like that in our neighborhood, we would probably do that. But, I mean, the, you know, the farmer's market.
1: here. I know it's a little bit of a distance for you, but. There's one right down the street, like literally, like a stone's throw from.
2: Oh, me. I yeah, I think that's I the kn- one she goes to. Right. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And it's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to check that out. I yeah. mean, the th- I mean, Frangie just works out with the farmers market where it's like the prices are great, quality of everything is great, and it totally fits with her schedule where she can just go knock it out in the morning every Saturday morning, and it's done. You know, she plans everything because, you know, also for her, cooking is her hobby. Yeah. yeah so it's so cool. great. She gets super into it. And I'm just yeah. like, all right. Yeah, whatever you need. Like, yeah. I <laughs> wish I I wish <laughs> liked
1: cooking that much. I don't. I I, I have a couple of things that yeah. I'm starting to get into now, but I'm not really a, a cooker.
2: I always like cooking and I would try to do it as much as possible when I was single but the reality is it's really hard unless you're super militant about it and really yeah. planned out every week. And, yeah. you know, you're like OCD about like planning your, your eating, which especially in our world, like with what we do, it's not really, yeah. it's not really practical. And uh, you know I'm OCD for about me, the mess. For me, that, well, that, that too. It's just just takes to time. get a slow cooker, man. Yeah, like, I just never, you I don't know. have the
1: patience, though, because I'm like, I, if I'm going to make something, you're I want it out. You're going into it
2: knowing it's a slow cook. I
0: know. Yeah. That's the
2: thing. I can't I'm cook
0: g- not hungry.
2: See, but th- that's the that's, beauty of slow I can't slow get over that though, part like, yet. Sunday yeah, get it's, a, up. it's a real ahead-of-time kind of salad. Yeah. sometimes you
0: can just throw a bunch of stuff in and turn it on, and you're just like. Yeah? You need to give me some slow cooking recipes.
2: Yeah, dude. Wait, I like this sound.
0: Yeah, it's cool, right? <laughs>
2: Right, is on. having
0: a pot party over on that <laughs> end of the
2: table. <laughs> it's a pot party!
0: <laughs> that's a huge joint, kid. Damn, you got two of them? Man, you're gonna you gotta burn the place about? down. <laughs> you must be joking. No, that's a beauty. The slow cooking though, don't sleep on it. Like, Yeah, I gotta get into it.
1: Yeah, I hate the mess, though, man. I'm telling you, that's, that's why I can't get over it. I hate the mess. When I do something in the kitchen, it looks like nothing happened.
0: You got to dishes as, as you as, go. As
1: as I as I do everything.
0: Yeah, I'm it's like that too.
1: Picked up trash remnants in the trash. Right, like nothing is left there. I don't do the cleanup at the end. It literally at the end is like nothing.
2: Yeah. Oh, I'm kind of that way too. Like you know,
0: when you finish cooking, the last thing you're gonna cook is gonna be a pot or a pan, yeah, and you're like, and I, I want a clean
1: sink yeah, to just exactly. do this
2: big fucking yeah. Pot. But because
1: because we just acknowledge how much work that takes. That's why I can't do it all the time.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, fair enough, Because I can
1: I can only do it that way. Oh she gosh. does all the cooking, which is great, but then I do all the cleanup. Yeah. So that's the trade-off. So well, that's, what, that's where Angie would mess me up. I just up.
2: clean. Okay. Angie would, like, cook some amazing meal, but she was just, like, running like a professional chef, and just, like, bowls are flying everywhere, and by <laughs> the end of it, it's just like, oh, my God, what the hell? Yeah, happens? it's a, a huge mess, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Because they're wrapped up in the cooking. Yeah.
2: You know That's what it but takes But also we need A dishwasher bag I gotta hook that up That's I can't believe We've lived Dishwashers this long. life Oh god I've, <laughs> I've got to do it I gotta do it You don't got A you dishwasher You need a dishwasher
0: And a George washing machine <laughs>
1: That was my grandma Used to say that all the time Really? George washing machine George...
2: <laughs>
0: The George washing machine bridge <laughs>
2: Washington, my my cousin who's a doctor, uh, (coughs) when he was uh, doing his residency, like all doctors, like you have to do uh, emergency room rotations, Mm -hmm. and uh, he told me this story. It's kind of dark, but it is funny. Tell me. I think it was Rush Saint Luke's in Chicago, which is like big hospital, like downtown, Mm -hmm. and uh, they get everything from gunshot wounds to just like normal accidents to you know heart attacks and medical emergencies, and so he's doing a 36-hour shift, and middle of the night, there's this old guy that's, like, sitting on a, in a seat mm-hmm. along the wall in the hallway, and he's just rocking back <clears> and forth, <throat> and he's got a big smile on his face, and, like, nobody else is around. So my cousin's, like, goes up to him. He's like, excuse me, sir, have someone seen you? He's like, oh, yeah, I saw the doctor. And he's like, is everything okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, he said I had the smiling mighty Jesus. What? And my cousin's like, the smiling mighty Jesus? So he goes to like the head nurse or what the other doctor that had seen him or whatever and and uh, they said that he had spinal meningitis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, I mean it's dark, <laughs> but it, you gotta admit it's a little funny. <laughs> I mean,
0: Oh, my God. God bless.
2: I hope you're all right. Smiling Mighty Jesus. The Smiling Mighty Jesus. Pepe so that was want. just my, my related story to the George washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> a lot darker. <laughs> so I know. So I have a, Sometimes I have a tendency to do that. I got that streak in me. I don't mean to. No. I kind don't of mean to hurt people, but yeah.
0: sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes. It happens. <laughs> Should name your firstborn kid that smiling mighty Jesus Janusaurus. <laughs> yes, continue the torture indefinitely. That kid is going to be a monster of a fighter. Oh man, he's going to be.
2: I just, I just couldn't even torture my kid with, you know. I mean, I'm proud of my background, and you know, I, like I'm cool with my name myself. But to this day, it is still a pain in the ass. Yeah, uh, it's oh pretty, yeah, even, even it's, so it's so easy to, to pronounce your like, name, right? Because you give a shit and try. Like so how, many how people just how do don't. people miss? Man, your they, name? I mean, th- my if you look at my last name, Janusonis, it's so phonetic. Oh, you're so talking about your phonetic. last name? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, even my first name, like yeah. really? Gentis, G- Qantas, Janes. Uh, 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 <laughs> Like yeah. Get out man. Oh yeah, trust me. Get I, here. Dude, there ain't one I haven't heard. I guarantee you. Gentis maybe
1: it. because George could be with a Yeah, G-show, yeah. So but I mean that was maybe. Just,
2: but I mean I like uh <laughs> Gruntis. Uh Get the fuck uh, out of here. Now well, that was just around. more of, you know, like kids, you know, fucking with me in school, that one. But, you know, but like the legit ones were just people are just like, they just they see just something don't that they don't recognize and they check out immediately. Yeah,
1: yeah it's true. It's that like,
2: weird. That's really strange, right? I don't think a lot of people are just yeah. stupid. Yeah, They don't, just I, don't I, try. Like
1: I hear people in restaurants all the time ordering shit through a menu and I'm like,
2: yeah, you're not
1: even trying.
0: Like, <laughs> I heard uh, like eight different incarnations of my last name last week.
1: Yeah, that's true. Oh, I'm, I'm, I was sure, you, I'm sure you've got the, a similar hell in your last name. I was name. dying the whole yeah, time mine, I'm that just that like, dude,
0: it's fucking so easy. It's like, <laughs> just say this as the first word. Don't <laughs> even look at it. I'm yeah. just telling you phonetically what to say. <laughs> well, the problem is, like, then most say Americans say are this. not
2: good with, like, two consonants next to each other unless they're, like, C-H- Right. Or SH, you know, they just see a <laughs> S and a Z and they freak the fuck out. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> look at me. Yeah. Brett's last name too. I've
1: heard yeah. that thing get destroyed. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. Names that are just like pronounced phonetically, man. That's how all of Criolla's sounding. It's all phonetic. It's phonetic. Right. Language. Yeah. If you look so at it if you super bother easy to, to, to sound it out. Yeah, if you just look at it and sound it right. out just you, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got you got it if you just sound that shit out. Yeah, I feel like th- when I read Russian, I feel like I can speak it. Dude, you can read it? You can read some really? No, no, that's not what I meant. When I, no, not, not read it. When I hear people talking. Russian? Yeah, when I hear it, I'm like, I feel like I could learn that language. Oh,
2: you know why? So funny that you would say that. So before the first time I ever went to Portugal, mm-hmm. I'd only heard Brazilian Portuguese. Oh, yeah. It's totally right? different. Yo, the, when I, the first it's the time same I went language, to Portugal. But the but,
1: accent is different. But,
2: the man, I when I went to Portugal the first time, it freaked me out. I was like, are, are there a bunch of people speaking Russian yeah, around yeah. me? Yeah, isn't it
1: weird? And old Russian women remind so... me of old
2: Portuguese ladies. Yo, it's <laughs> dude, the, I, I'm not surprised that you feel it like you feel would like... learn it because the, the sound yeah. is, ex, I mean, it's so similar. It's crazy. Yeah. It sounds like a Russian version of Spanish. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it really, like, it it, in, like, in my head, instinctually, without thinking about it, just hearing it, it just rang bells in my head, going like, that sounds like Russian. Why yeah. do I hear all these people speaking yeah. Russian? I'm like, no, okay. that's, that's actually Portuguese Portuguese. i when I hit, when, like I watched that show, The Americans, mm-hmm. and I love it when they go
1: into parts where they're speaking Russian, I'm always like, I could fucking learn that language, man. Right. Yeah, I can learn that shit. I don't know.
2: You need to learn how to speak Russian. Do <laughs> it, man.
1: <laughs>
2: or maybe the not. Al- the like be- <laughs> alphabet, that's like the hard one, just in terms of reading. You know, Yeah. Oh, totally yeah, yeah. different no, alphabet. No, the way it looks and- is crazy. Yeah.
0: Just start speaking with a Russian accent and just tell people <laughs> you speak Russian. Yeah. <laughs> like, I speak Russian. That's not going to be weird at all. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, man. Yeah, oh, languages gosh. are awesome, but also really weird. It's just really. I love it. I do too. It's fascinating to me. And even with uh, certain languages that I don't speak, but just, you know, have had exposure to a lot, like I love when I'm just in places like, again, like New York, because it's so multicultural. Where you hear someone speaking something, it's just like, like... I think I've gotten to the point where I can tell the difference between a Danish person, a Swedish person, and a Norwegian. Mm-hmm. With Scandinavian, because yeah, I've yeah. heard the difference that I've been... You know what I mean? Like, those
1: uh, I'm lost on. I don't know any of those.
2: They're all basically the same language with tweaks. They're almost like just dialects between the three different yeah, but countries. Yeah, I can't tell the difference. Yeah, it, it's, it's just an accent <laughs> thing. So. Right. The accent's pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. I'm not familiar it changes. with it much. But, I mean, just, like, as one example, or, like, again, the difference between Brazilian Portuguese and, you know, standard Portuguese. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the same language. It yeah. just has a
1: completely different accent. Yeah. That's it.
2: You know, and then, obviously, they have some slang. Yeah. But, do they, but, but like, do, I mean, when you're in school in Portugal, let's say, like, you, there is, like, a standard form, regardless of dialects from yeah, different parts of the country or Portuguese something. Yeah, you
1: Portuguese from Portugal.
2: Well, no, no, but I even mean within Portugal Like, like are there are different, like, really different dialects if, if you're in different regions of Portugal Absolutely Right, yeah Yeah, yeah
1: Not dialects
2: Accents Accents, Accents. okay Yeah, like, I mean, like, with, uh, you know, Angie being from Germany They they have, like, straight-up dialects Where there oh, yeah. are, like, words that are not the same Yeah, yeah, So if, if people are, like super towny from like one region and they right. talk to somebody else from like a polar opposite region, they, they really have a hard time yeah. figuring out what each other is saying. Right,
0: right, right. Say so you take somebody from like, there's places in Maine that you hear some accents and you're like, how yeah, does whoa. that thing even sustain? Yeah, yeah, Right. You know, and then you put them against somebody like uh, Justin Wilson, that cook. Oh, yeah, Maybe yeah, those yeah. Those, like, Follow
2: three. Like, I guarantee Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, I don't know so, who you're talking about. The, like some of the, the Creole, super, cook. like Cajun guy. Yeah, yeah. You know? So it's like this guy from Maine is talking to this mm. Cajun Yeah, that's guy. crazy, right? Compared like, to how we talk. Oh
2: yeah. fuck.
1: What the fuck? Oh is going man, on there are here? so
2: many times like when I've been down south, uh, like when the revelations when we were doing uh all these shows like in Mississippi and uh, Tennessee and uh Arkansas and stuff, there were times where I mean part of it was because sometimes people would be trashed right. but but also just with like the the local accent you know we started feeling like assholes because we just kept being like what mm-hmm. I, I, I wait I did, i'm sorry i didn't catch <clears> it <throat> wait who your cousin like and and we just started feeling like dicks you know because like we literally were like you know pansom, pansom, man. <laughs> the fuck did you just say <laughs> like it's like singing man <laughs> Whole That's different crazy. accent. yeah yeah yeah
0: you guys recorded at uh Willie Mitchell's place,
2: yeah. Royal, yeah. Man, it's man, I'm really grateful for. I remember seeing some of
0: those pictures. You had that old snare going, yeah, there, yeah. Like, some of the like the old mic setup, like that Al Green shit,
2: yeah. Well, I mean, luckily, uh, we got to record two separate Revelations records there, and then I also produced a project down there, uh, from a couple of guys from uh, Adrian Young's band who had their own thing that was called Star Killer. Okay. Unfortunately, that. Project never got released. That was supposed to be released on uh, the label that RZA and um, our ex-manager had started together called Soul Temple. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's just like, you know, it's one of those stories where just like all the <clears throat> wrong things happen mm-hmm. and shit fell apart. But it was great to be able to, pro- you know, produce something down there and work with uh, Boo Mitchell in that capacity.
0: How was like, what like what was his involvement in the session? Was he like... Uh... He just was knows he like that ideas and feels and just be like, that's, the he, right he, there.
2: he was, he was, he's got such a great temperament and he's got really good instincts about how to deal with people. I mean, first of all, everybody down there is so awesome. Like from the, you know, the whole Mitchell family and all of the people associated with the studio and all the session cats from down there who are like. Heavyweights, like we, you know, I've recorded like four times with Lester Snell, who's like Isaac Hayes' pianist, and Bobby Manuel, the (coughs) Isaac Hayes' guitar player. And Uh, just
0: so people know, like Willie Mitchell produced Al Green, yeah, all all the classic classic Al Al Green
2: stuff, Uh, all of the high records catalog. So you got uh, Mavis Staples, you know, like I I, I Can't Stand the Rain. I mean, not not Mavis staples, what am I saying? Coming Uh, out um, from
0: uh, like down in that area, like that wasn't stacks it was like right well they would
2: they had some overlap but yes exactly yes exactly like high was like the other um this studio was just as important man i'm mm -hmm. so embarrassed that i can't think of her name right now i can't stand the rain um bonnie Raitt. no (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and peebles Peebles. and peebles yeah just amazing to be in that place and the history of it and uh I mean, we basically recorded a lot of the stuff with pretty much all of Al's rhythm section. Wow. Uh, except for, like, uh, our guitar player, Wes, playing guitar. Okay. Um, me playing drums. But we had, like, Charles Hodges on organ. The first day we went to the studio, we walk in, and he's on the organ that he recorded Let's Stay Together With, and he's warming up playing Let's Stay Together. And me and Wes <laughs> just standing there like, what? It was <laughs> am- amazing. Yeah, to walk into that, right? Yeah. I mean, there's just... There's total mojo about that place. It's not like some million-dollar complex, you yeah. know, where mm-hmm. everything's acoustically perfect. There's, like, I mean, it's an old theater from the 20s with a janky, <coughs> sloping concrete floor. And there's insulation from the 70s that's just hanging out between beams up top. But, you know, yeah. so it's amazing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know.
0: If it's got a sound, you just leave it
2: alone. Oh, they, yeah, <laughs> they definitely have a sound.
0: Yeah.
1: You
2: can plug into
1: all the energy that. what what have happened in that place prior, you know?
2: Yeah, and, you know, again, uh, to Boo's credit, even when he's just engineering, if he really hears something, you know, and he knows, like, how things are coming across, you know, if there's an issue or something and he feels like he knows, you know, what might be a good solution, Mm -hmm. he he never butts in, but he knows exactly when to say something. Yeah, Yeah. which is great, you know?
0: I've watched Wharton, Thin Sessions, and just, like, he leans over the board. He has his hands behind his back, and he doesn't look like he's thinking. He just he's listening, you know. And yeah, that's one of the signs of like a good producer is when they don't have that thinking look on their face. They're mm-hmm. just like
2: listening, trying to yeah. You know? They're just trying yeah, yeah. to see what's actually going yeah, on. What's going on? What are the pieces here? Yeah, you know, there's that old school kind of stereotype of producers that are like super proactive and they're like micromanaging every last aspect. And I think that's you know the best producers and uh, all the cats that we grew up you know admiring and and you know being influenced by or whatever i think all of them and like laswell is like this with bill laswell with my experience working with him is, is like that it's just get out of the way just guide people to do what they're doing the best get the best out of get it. the best out of them for what they're doing but don't try to control it mm-hmm. you know and uh i think that really makes the most sense and it just keeps things feeling alive yeah you yeah. Know. yeah you gotta
0: let people express it man if you're producing it, your job initially should just be to just listen to it like that and just see what is going on and, like, like how much producing does this actually need? You know, so it's like, okay, like, make sure time and tempo and feel is there and shit. Like, yeah, I mean, whatever. I think
2: it's the same job. What, it's just a different yeah.
0: perspective of, you know. Wharton was the same way. He would be like, he wasn't an interrupter. Right. You know, those people you want to choke. Yeah. Because you're like, dude, Like, the reason I'm not getting it right now is because I haven't played for 45 solid right. seconds yet, yeah, and you're exactly. already like jumping down the throat.
2: Yeah. Well, and usually you can tell those people, too, are the ones that you can tell that they either don't have experience or they have some real big-ass blind spots. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, there are control freaks. It's a good thing to
0: kind of go through because you realize, holy shit, like, that didn't really work for me. <laughs> or, like, yeah, that way, where you know, like, good, you learn when to turn it on, well, when it to turn it off, work. or if
2: it even works for you. It, it, I mean, it's also a really subtle thing, I think, sometimes, too, where it's not necessarily like the, you know, the extremes of like hyper over controlling guy or just kind of loose, casually guiding things and just making sure everything is happening in the right way. You know, I've learned through my own experience with working on things where there were times where I didn't think I was micromanaging something, but in retrospect, I kind of was.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. I've, I'm, not, I'm completely guilty of that. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, we all go through that at some yeah. point. Just yeah. you gain yeah. experience. It's
0: kind of like a something you got to go through. A li- yeah, like exactly. a little bit. Because yeah. you're like, oh, I, that's not how, that's not a good way to work. Yeah. Because you kind of think, like when you first start getting some momentum as a musician or as a, you know, like all that stuff producing and like that you think how it's how it's a lot of how music is you're like okay this is how i've seen it done so maybe this works so let's try it you know
2: right but also too because i mean just the age that we came up with came up in as musicians and with technology that expanded as as we've gotten older i mean man, we got options now and even when we were yeah. coming up that like the generation or two before us, like if you didn't have access to a proper recording studio, like yeah,
1: well, you could couldn't you really that?
2: self-produce something, yeah. you know? Yeah, you could even record anything. You know? it was like, yeah, you I mean, any... you could do it at a rudimentary, yeah. yeah, But not very
1: quickly. Like around. the speed now is crazy. Like you could literally just record yourself with your phone.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Press
1: record, boom, and here's an idea. Yeah. I'll remember this tomorrow. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like touch okay, of actually, a button. Well, like
2: I have like uh, guitar or bass player friends or even keyboard player friends, where they have like these virtual racks that can be on an iPad, and they just have a wow. good interface, like with oh, a yeah. really good DI. Yeah, yeah. And they show up at sessions, and they've got just all these amp models that they have pre uh,
1: pre programmed oh, in crazy. there
2: that they tweaked everything. They're like, oh, you need this kind of sound? Boom. That's wow. the thing. We're reaching the digital tipping point where like you're not going to be able to tell the difference, or it's oh, not man. even going to be worth the difference. You know, to, to have to maintain like these tens, of hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of gear. catalog gear. gear yeah. You know,
1: nobody cares anymore to hear anything like that. It's, good, it's hey, gonna be man, like museum it, shit.
2: Listen, if it works, it's great. It's just, you know, that's what happens with technology. It's just passage of time. You yeah. can't,
1: you know. Well, it's gonna go through a phase of where it gets phased out.
2: Yeah. And then
1: all the ones that are preserved and. Oh, that's already like, happening. They are like. Sure, but it's gonna go through a phase like, like everything. It's the same thing with cars. Like they'll dip down. And be like, eh, it's not that, right. whatever. And then you, right. you kind of like the certain sur- like people stop buying up the surplus because it's not really worth that much. So people flip the shit. Right. People that really are going to go on the second rim of it. Right. Then they'll have well, all the sure. pieces that are worth like now it's right. worth a lot more.
2: Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, you, yeah, you have that kind of aspect of it, but then you also have this other thing with with studio gear where uh, some of it is like the stuff that is available Uh in whatever so-called surplus is already like crazy overvalued. Yeah. Um, so, and and it's the fact that a lot of the digital emulations of stuff, if it comes even within like the 97th percentile of it, you know, like suddenly you can have 10 instances of a $30,000 Fairchild limiter on your mix where, Otherwise, like yeah, you, could you yeah, would, it would never cost you thirty yeah. grand to just have buy one that thing and have it over one channel. Yeah, one, one, track. Channel. And yeah, one like, channel. Oh yeah. shit, like, I, I, I can pieces, put this on. Yeah. Well, and also, yeah, because like a lot of the parts for those things are no longer yeah, produced. That's it's, right. it's old technology, so that's right. that becomes more expensive. Like, you know, there's definitely guys that, like older cats of like you know generation before us or even two before us that I've met where they own like big studios with like. Big amounts of gear, but they were like, "Yeah, if I didn't know how to fix all of this myself, you forget it." Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. It's yeah. maintaining yeah. that is like a fucking card. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You know what? Like
0: really cool amps are gonna become furniture. <laughs> No, I don't ever see really cool
2: amps getting. Yeah, th- I agree. Out. I, 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 yeah, to they uh, I, But,
1: but to, for a studio to have that, then it's kind of like a showpiece. Then it's like, oh. Well, well the,
2: no, this. not necessarily. Like, like there's a lot more value in the individual character of like an analog amp. Yes, I know this. Right. Sorry. I wasn't implying you didn't. <laughs>
1: but in the in the future, <laughs> <laughs> bam.
2: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. you know. There. Um, a couple of great guitar players that I've been working with, and they both use uh, sometimes like sometimes they'll go out on a, on, a, on a tour with their pedal board and mm-hmm. then have backline amps. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of times where th- there are these like really high-end amp modeling systems. It. Yeah. Where again, oh, they, yeah. They, they like get their sounds dialed and everything, and then they just uh, request a PA speaker oh, and they right, run right, that. Right, that's, right. Right. You know. Yeah. Everything yeah. is just yeah. Straight amps there. on stage. Yeah, yeah. And yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You just have a P- you just have your own monitor yeah. that's specifically for it acts yeah. as the guitar I don't see any yeah I would totally do that
1: either. yeah <laughs> yeah
0: totally
2: I mean and it shit sounds great if you're doing like a live
0: venue and that kind of thing it's like the less connections there are the cleaner yeah, the, the sound but, it's yeah. gonna be that much more and less problems easier yeah. to control yeah less Big problems time. but you get into a, a studio and you like play that same jam that you're playing on stage and it's it like that sound is perfect at the stage and you hit that with like through your fucking amp. Yeah, of course. That's yeah. when you realize that like uh, it's not like some magic dust that it's like it's just circuitry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it makes such yeah. a huge yeah. difference. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, the only so thing it has I would to pass through that whole thing. Right. I, I have pieces of gear that I don't. I just bypass. Like I'll send a final mix to it and I bypass it. But like, oh, just, just the fact that it's, just oh, that it's totally through the fucking
1: circuitry. Yeah.
2: Absolutely in the like, air,
1: not just the circuitry, the air. The air in that room is affecting the recording. Well,
2: that's that's the really interesting thing that you bring up, uh, with you know talking about like let's say a regular uh, analog tube amp versus these amp modelers. Is Mm -hmm. the one kind of visceral thing that you notice a difference of like just a feeling is when you have like a Fender Dope Fender Twin that's really cranking, like you You feel feel it. You Mm -hmm. feel that air moving, and Mm -hmm. you just don't quite feel the shit the same way physically. When you're in proximity to it, when you have like the modeller and that, but right. I'm sure at some point, it's probably just like if you've got a matching cabinet that could kind of move at the same amount of air, you could do it. Right. But that's definitely like what I. Well, felt, you have you seen you know when have I heard you seen
0: it, seen those like sub pack things? Oh like, yeah, you can feel the bass like even though you're like they had those like, on you're drum playing, Thrones. like, An electric kit, and it's like. When you sit behind a kit, and you know what it sounds yeah, like, yeah. When you sit there and play, and then when you go to play like an electric kit, you're like, "Where's the sound coming from?" Like, yeah, I can't, <laughs> You, feel you know, totally I can't feel totally disconnected. I can control yeah, it's this weird. by how hard I hit it and where yeah. I hit it and yeah. all that stuff. You're just like, yeah. Um, they so make, them, to make they, it they realistic. A, yeah, but even that though, it's like like drums are drum. Like, yeah, yeah. When you play them, you're like you you gotta sit behind them. Nice. I understand convenience and stuff like
2: yeah i i have I mean that's shit too. but that's what yeah. that's why even like, like if I use in ears on a stage I still want to have a wedge too because yeah, again the, it's feeling yeah you feel that, yeah, you feel that. Like, unless you i mean they do make these like drum thrones where they they put a speaker transducer in in the seat so you hook in the line and it's basically it's i think they call it a rumble seat so that you so so if you have in ears in which are usually lacking in bass Th- the bass frequencies are. In you're feeling seat. it in your ass. Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> so what if the
0: guy who designs the frequency on that thing decides to go crazy one day and it's like <laughs> 15 hertz, and you're just like, I think we should use the 28 inch kick drum tonight. <laughs> you, you
2: just hit that first. <laughs> that must be crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's really weird. It I tri- I like, tried to, it right? once. Like, yeah. I, I I tried it once and it was know. really weird. <laughs> like cuz you're just like Does it hit you in Ur- your fun or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, That's so it's so crazy. Yeah, and you're sitting it's, it's, on a it's seat. It's all connected. Like, I mean, you know. it's it's you know, it takes a I think it takes a second to get used to. I never I didn't I never had it you're like, myself. What
0: the fuck is that? Yeah. yeah.
2: It's just like I'm looking at you.
0: You got me a sex chair motherfucker. Yeah. Just shit out of here, I'm playing standing up tonight. This is sex chair. <laughs> sex drum throne. That's funny. That's horrible. It's That's like a vibrating sounds. drum throne. What the fuck? Like you only hit the kick on the certain, like <laughs> just when it goes reverse to course. <laughs> yeah. Your whole shit's like <laughs> Hey, Kit's gone like 24 bars without hitting the kick. Like I'm only getting ass Fucked like four times during this song <laughs> Oh my god We're doing a three hour set man uh. I- Spit <laughs> uh-huh. some mileage on the chassis <laughs> The booty throne uh. <laughs> The
2: booty <laughs> throne That's a lot I mean it feels oh, freaking fuck. weird Like because it's still yeah, disconnected. It like, even if you have, like, in-ears in and then you, like, hit a bass drum and then it just mainly shakes your ass, it's still, like, not natural. Like, no. It's not what happens when I acoustically a kick drum. It's not what happens drum. when I join the band. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody told me. <laughs> but, the, yeah, you feel that kick drum, like, in your gut and chest. Like, you feel it around there. So if it's coming up from you, you're kind of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, the
2: concept is like it's supposed to be like vibrating your whole body, but you mainly play (laughs) it in your
0: ass. (laughs) I just got pounded in the (laughs) air.
1: I think monies could have been better allocated towards a studio monitor by your side.
2: Just get the guy a bigger speaker. To each his own, some guys love it. They love it.
1: Can I get a bathroom break?
2: Yeah. No.
0: No, <laughs> no. You have to sit here right. on the on the no, drum. No. throne. <laughs> you have to hold your Disgust feet. Discuss
2: Tolstoy. Discuss <laughs> Tolstoy. You know what I mean? But that's that's great, man. That's like how you get uh, good results. Like um, I remember reading an interview with with Omar Hakim when he first got the weather report gig. He Said that, like, when you know he first got the gig, it's like a real heavyweight music gig, mm-hmm. and he gets flown out to LA because they're rehearsing at Joe Zaunel's house, the band leader, mm-hmm. and they're gonna start a six week mega tour. And this music is complicated with a lot of stuff. And He said they would play for like an hour, and then Joe Zaunel and Wayne Shorter would be like, Let's go outside and hang out by the pool, and they would like hang <laughs> yeah. out and That's be eating up, lunch man. and stuff. And, and Omar would be like, Looking at his watch, like, Uh. There's a lot of material to cover, and they're like, "We'll get it." Don't yeah. worry. And it was right. because they wanted to cultivate yeah. the interpersonal yeah. That's right, yeah, and, cre- and actually create they need a to band to become one organism. And 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 they knew that like anybody that they were gonna hire for that band was gonna be such a great musician that they weren't worrying about the details yeah. or them learning the music. Yeah. It was just about more about cultivating the vibe. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. Cheers, yeah. gentlemen. Yes, sir. Round two.
1: <coughs> I mean, yeah. it's a, it's crazy. It's There's nothing like it. Whenever whenever we've played instead of live, I feel like I just get plugged in, man. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter if it's a rehearsal or on It's the same feeling the whole yeah. time, man. I mean, obviously more live. You move around a lot more.
2: Yeah, but the same something. feeling
1: inside, I feel the same thing I feel on stage.
2: But that's great because, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like, no matter whether you're rehearsing or playing, you, uh, you know, you're, you're putting the same intent behind it. But obviously the difference is like when you're live, like there's you have adrenaline going, you have like response from an audience and mm-hmm. that yeah, pumps stuff it. up. But it's right. like the fact that regardless, you know, it's like the old saying, it shouldn't matter like how you play, whether it's in front of five people or 50,000. Yeah, yeah. You know, you either do it or you don't. Yeah. Like, don't fuck around.
1: Yeah. yeah. But what, I guess what I meant to say was, like, when we would rehearse, right? Like, the, okay, all those years at the kennel, when we did our rehearsals there weekly, that was literally a four person party. Yeah,
0: definitely.
1: That's what we did. Right. <laughs> four person <laughs> party. We did this all the time, and it was the same four people doing yeah. the party.
0: And, yeah, and it became
1: the same thing, like, on the road with the same four people. That's why it worked. It was like,
0: yeah.
1: what, I guess what I was trying to say was, Sorry, I'm hot as fuck right now. What I'm trying to say. The first car is off the rails. I literally had just as much fun having a four-person party as I did playing it live in front of people. Sure. It was the same amount of fun. That's what I meant to say Sure, for me. It felt the same amount of fun.
0: You know, we studied for the test drunk, and we took the test drunk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's not exactly Keep what the, I meant. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, that's, it's that's another how it perspective was. on it, the it same issue. It definitely is
1: another perspective on it, but
0: not the perspective I was <laughs> talking from. I know what you're saying. Like, yeah. there was nights up there, even at your studio and up at, you know, the old shop where it was like, yeah. we'd get there, smoke something, maybe drink a little something, like, you know, and then it was like, I don't really feel like doing this. And I'm like, okay, let's do something else. And yeah, yeah like, exactly. Right. <laughs> listen to music and like, you know. Yeah, like, yeah,
1: exactly. That's a very good point. That was a good.
0: That's a very good point. It all led to like, oh, like, oh, I forgot we did this tune. How come yeah. we were kind of refining exactly. this? And it, right, you start you know, going through the catalog, of, and you're like, you,
1: you know, because especially if you had that, you know. if if you, if you're that productive and you're creating that many like ideas on a regular because you are constantly hanging out and yeah. it's that much it's that easy to hang out and do it you're creating a lot of content man content that you can't even keep up with man
2: I've, sure like, because we you, with the to, flow is going yeah, yeah we like have to dedicate just, like yeah. this
1: was our lives 24 hours a day we got together every day and went over the content that we created yesterday and cleaned it up and do, like constantly yeah, yeah. we were, we're like we have years of doing yeah, that just yeah. constant like you know we lost so many good things and I don't even give a fuck because we have so many more right you know what I'm saying like ideas but that's the thing they're all ideas
2: we, have, yeah, that's we need a, that's to release a, a record of ideas <laughs> right, right. but that's it goes to show you like you know when you when like some artists or bands like get lucky and get a great deal or just get like popular and there's just you know money and support being thrown at them yeah like yeah, like, that's what you can accomplish when, you know, like, obviously yeah. the, 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 the like baseline thing man. has to be there. Like, you you have to be a, a talented artist or a band that, yes. that is producing right. something good. Well, that's a given. But once you, yeah, exactly. That's got to be the given. Yeah. That's got to be the baseline. You can't even be doing this unless you're the, you can do that. So. But then after that. including all the other crap. <laughs> but, but then after that, it's all about the support, you know. It's yeah. like there have been projects I've been on where there was, like, obviously, like, a lot of support and funding behind it. And it was just like. Yeah, that's how shit gets done. Yeah, yeah. Because no everything doubt. is just like, oh, this needs to happen. Bam, it yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This needs to happen. Bam, this yeah. happens. Efficiency, you know. Like that's and a, and and not efficient. limitations, like yeah, and no limitations. I mean, within. I mean, not no limitations, but you know, but no, severely reduced. Like yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: You know, the goal, goal would be no limitation. Yeah. Then you know, it's just free, free ride, straight, yeah. straight ahead. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Hanging out and just like listening to stuff. It was cool to pull stuff out of the vault and be like, "Holy shit!" Then you'd have a moment because you'd be hanging out. And like, Oh man, this is crazy man. Do you remember doing this? Yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah. I remember doing
0: this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You I know, found what, you know that it's harder for me to mix a song that there was a vibe in, than there was just like a straight come in, play your parts. We're gonna grab loops and just piece this together kind of thing. That's easy because you're kind of putting together some like stock footage you've created. Yeah. Right. You, you know, you're making something out of A-roll and B-roll. Right. When there's vibe and you're mixing the song and that shit's in your head, you're like, man, how can I make that come across? Like, uh, not what's going on, but uh, the, the other Marvin Gaye album. With, uh, it's got the red cover, him with the hat on. Let's
2: get it on. Is that the Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get thing. it on. Yes. Let's get it on. You're right. He had um, like crazy yeah.
0: like people in and out of the studio all the time, like people hanging out in the live room while they're cutting shit live. And like like yeah. 30 people in there. Yeah. The that vibe is on that record, yeah. man. Like you listen to like let's get it on. You can picture like 10 people dancing in front of them while the band was playing that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to like have that image in your head and be like god damn how do i mix this to make this sound but it's interesting that like it came off you know
2: but but it's interesting because like if it came off that way in the performance you're like i feel like i need to do more but but that but that you actually don't i know what you're saying like yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. as as like an engineer you have compartments that you're like okay i'm gonna mix this tune and i go to okay that
2: pre that like uh Default. I know what you're saying. I, I meant, like, more to, like, what you were even describing, where you were saying, like, where there's stuff where it's, like, you're arranging, like, what would be the equivalent of, like, audio stock footage. Mm-hmm. So, like, you feel, like, you know that you have to do more to create the whole. So, is, is that what because I'm just, like, well, I'm that, curious because for, it's
0: a very interesting perspective to me. Um, when there's the vibe, it's, like, you're in the vibe at the time and you remember how it sounded to you while that shit was going down. Which alters your perspective on the side of the music because you're like, You heard it one way. It could be okay. Like, it could be an okay take. For some reason, it's just, you're like, Damn, I'm feeling that. And then the next take the band does is like the one. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh shit. So, Uh like, you remember how you felt when you first heard it. Yeah. Yeah. And then mixing it, it, it's like,
2: Take me back to there. Right. Because you don't have the same perspective of like that fresh, the first time it hit you where you get the most impact from it, where you're yeah. just like, oh, this is hitting me in a certain way. Because, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, then you go back How to... How do you bring that out in right, a mix? Right, because when you come back to mixing, like, even though you had that feeling and, and, like, all that same material is there, you've already had this, like, distance of time. Right, you're separated and, from it. Yeah, away. yeah, I got you, I got you. Yeah, I was just... No, it's a really interesting perspective. Um, I kind of feel like, too, where, it's like, when I'm recording myself or, like, producing something, you know, uh, I mean, I've always tried to as best my ability to get like sounds down in the computer that are right to begin with. Not like, Oh, I'll take care of that yeah, later. Front like, end of that what, shit, yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah, just like really focus on that and getting the sounds right from the get go. And the thing about that, like the more I've pursued that, the more I feel like I've gotten like great results for of course. by the time I'm mixing, it's just like you push faders up, you know, to zero to without it. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, okay, it it it's pretty much 90% of the way yeah. there. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just makes everything so much more rewarding, too, where you're like, you know, you hear the first playback after you track something. and It's like, yeah, it's already it's already getting there. That's the guitar sound. That's yeah, the bass that's the drum sound. But that's the, you
0: know, I, I don't like looking <coughs> down the uh, endless possibilities route, like in yeah. post-production, you know, like, OK, this is Danny's guitar amp. This is what it sounds like. We took some time and figured out how to mic it. And now I know how to mic your amp every time it comes in. You know? mm-hmm. Then we can angle it like this, and then the drums are over there, and there's no bleed, and this and that, and this and that. Mm-hmm. It, it's horrible saying, you will remember this. But it was like you would go into the studio, and setup was four hours, right right off the bat. There seems to be a shift in like the inherent value of just like, take four hours now, set it up, and it's going to save you countless
2: hours. Yeah, but again, you know, people end. get... They, they, they can't... I'll run they, a DI. They,
0: if you want a DI, we'll run a DI too. Sure, sure. Oh, that's, but that's the problem,
2: man. Like, like, people, you know... And as part of it is because of, like, what's happened to the business and the culture. Like, there's less money. People are constantly feeling the constraints of time. So then people also, out of lack of experience, because a lot of the old kind of systems that musicians and cats had to go through where they would learn because the industry and the business was there and there was, like, you know, this... Uh, um, you know, culture of, uh, of apprenticeship, you know, let's say in studios yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is now, I think be, uh, also because, again, people are inexperienced, even if you explain to them, like, trust me, if you spend this extra four hours doing this now, you know, it still kind of doesn't register and they're it's being penny wise and pound foolish, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: But then some of them can't even sit for four hours.
2: Well that's a whole you know what I'm saying. issue too. Yeah.
0: I, I think I kind of feel like what's going on now was what like we experienced in the eighties. Where like you can buy the dupest Casio keyboard at Target, like technology became so affordable. Along with a lot of the cool technology developed in the eighties, there's equally as like nauseous technology as <laughs> sounds, sure. so, you know. And- we're in the cycle where like that's happening now. We're experiencing again the good and the bad. Yeah, like it's a flip practical application of it,
2: but, technology. But I will, yeah. I will totally agree with you with one caveat, which is just the fact that.
0: Oh uh, hey, good night, everybody.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we're out. Uh, the The difference is that the the technology that's available now, it's like, technically, if you know what you're doing, sure, you can produce a track in GarageBand on your on your laptop. Yeah. That. Can be sold and be put out internationally for yeah. the world to consume. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and that also unfortunately breeds like the whole uh, environment of like, oh, I've got GarageBand and a laptop. I'm a producer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. N- right. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh. not even. Yeah, close. we just flooded the gates. Right. And that's a, again, like, too.
1: Like, and there's- made it a broader landscape, which makes everything harder.
0: Well, which harder.
2: harder, which also contributes to the yeah, devaluation of music. exactly, yeah. yeah, exactly. It yeah. devalues, yeah. it devalues everything because you anybody like there's, can do it. There's yeah, more, exactly. there's more music out for public consumption than ever before in the history of recorded music, and most of it. I'm not going to put even percentage on it, but like the bulk of it is garbage. inconsequential garbage yeah. Yeah. that like you have to s- sift through. And people who are really deserved, like there are so many talents yeah. that are deserving yeah, of wider right. exposure, right. but. Lost in it.
1: it's actually a thin line. Well, they hey, could really cut it down, man. There's a lot of fat on that steak, man. They could chop that shit right off. Well, I'm a yeah, surgeon but, when I mean, I have not my every steaks. look. Not everybody. I don't everybody, eat none of that fat. I cut that shit right. Not the fuck everybody's
2: off. not everybody's profiting from that. But the the difference is, is that, and you can make a total correlation to what's happening in the world economically. Mm-hmm. The 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 middle is being eroded. Yeah, of course. So yeah. you're either an independent artist that is just like busting their asses and just scraping by to be able to do what they're doing yeah. or whatever, or you're part of the, you know, music industry 1%. Yeah, the content
1: people.
2: Yeah, well, and you know, like you're just like one of the stars that gets like the bulk of the money from like major labels right. because they're, you're the marquee artist, you're the, you're the golden cash cow. Yeah, you um, just had a string of... Right, and there used to be like, it's like what happened in New York. Um, there's been a mass exodus of world-class musicians that I've known... Over, over the 22 years I've been in New York like over the last 10 years like so many people have left because you what, can't make a living it's here, it's untenable yeah like cost of living has to gone sustain, man. and and the it's harder to sustain the business in general has gone down but it's specifically in New York as well mm-hmm. and that's the thing like you the, you know you didn't have to be a superstar to be a working musician that could make yeah. a decent living yeah, you, and you know there were opportunities yeah. and and whatever and there's just like i mean that's a whole loss but you know where that
1: shit is? Yeah, it's in smaller places.
2: Right, but then like at doing least-
1: doing that as I this is my opinion. I think this is my I don't know. I might be wrong on this, but I have a theory. I think you could do that now in a small place and make the kind of money that you're. You know, mm. I think so. If you yeah, it, I think it, you can. It it just is a lot less glamorous.
2: <laughs> well no, but that's the thing. It's like it's not about the glamour. It's just like what people the reason why people would move to New York what's is what's the return? Yeah, exactly. Like if you're thinking long term well, about your career to... is the fact that like you have opportunities here where you can keep working, but then also you have opportunities to to elevate your mm-hmm. situation and your and your career stock. You know? Right. Where in those places it's you're just like you're just working.
1: Title. But that's what I mean. You know? You sustain.
2: Yeah, but even then man, like it's it, like I mean, we know cats back in our hometown like Milwaukee where it's like there there's also less gigs, there's less work and everybody's like backbiting and all this mm. like yeah, bullshit pretty, and like yeah, it gets real petty and it's small, and, it's a smaller and it's small, place. Yeah. Like like yeah.
0: New York is the only like there's a lot of room because there's so many
2: different levels of this shit. And that's the thing too, like even with people that I've known that made the exodus from like New York to LA, that was the a tough overall, one to watch oh man like so many people that like you know but hey listen everybody's got to do what they got to do I have certain circumstances that have kept me in New York um, that are both like practical and have to do with my actual life and then other things that are also just like artistic and creative considerations because New York is still New York and there are certain things that New York cultivates that do not exist anywhere else really and the things that we do is an actual industry here yeah yeah but I mean, like, you know, like, for example, like, I've actually talked to guys I know who were coming from somewhere else, had moved to L.A., built up a career or whatever. And then, like, they're even making the move now from L.A. to Nashville.
0: A lot it, of people going
2: to New Orleans and Nashville. Yeah, because. But man, Nashville people have always been going there. Well, the Nashville thing, because the environment has changed so much, like, there, it's not just country. I've never been there. It's I've only been there a few times. I know a lot of people that live there, but like. You know, I would like to check it out. Yeah, it's cool, man. I mean, as I get
0: older as a musician, I understand Nashville better. Yeah,
2: right. Well, and also, and there's,
0: I mean, there's always been the stigma of like
2: Nashville. Well, it was country. It, it was like the country music oh, industry. Yeah, yeah. But now, what's it like? Well, it's just expanded more because, like, you know, now, c- right? country has become way more mainstream, and, and they deal with like. You right. know, like you listen to like a top forty country record and a top forty like pop record. Yeah. The only difference is the country, like country one's music. got like slide guitar on it. Yeah. Right. It <laughs> you even know, sound right. like
1: country music.
2: Um, and you know, like Taylor Swift or whatever, she's like an example of like the crossover where she like right. they sort of brought her out as like sort of a, like a new country artist or whatever. Modernization,
1: man. Yeah, totally. Like and and and, and the well board no, with it, everything. Well, with and and also everything. everything. It's homogenization no, but,
2: but, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, like like Waylon and, and you know, like the outlaws, like Waylon and Willie, Willie and, stuff, Cash, and Johnny Cash, like Nashville, once it hit like the 70s and going to the 80s, they yeah. shat on them. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's why when, like, w- when... Uh, Waylon Ru- beat some dude up in the studio, beat up a producer. Well, you know the story about, like, when Johnny Cash's first record on Rick Rubin's label came out, they took out a full page ad in a Billboard, I think, and it was the old classic picture of Johnny Cash yeah. giving the finger and, 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 and yeah yeah exactly and and but the the thing was just like and i think this is maybe when he, they got nominated for a grammy for it okay. they're like We'd, we'd love to thank the traditional country music industry like in Nashville for all their support over the years. And they took a full-page ad out. It was just the nice. best, best fuck you. like. Because
0: well, the they, they shat on them, man. Yeah, yeah. That's the reason they,
2: they called themselves the Outlaws.
0: Yeah. Because right. they were just like, like Waylon was fucking beating people up and just like not fucking around. I
2: mean, Willie tried really to play the game like, in Nashville and then he said yeah, fuck it and moved to, I'm just back gonna, to Austin. Yeah, and,
0: I'm just going to live the rest of my life on the road, <laughs> you know, for the most part. But, Chris, but Christopherson just doing acting everything. and music yeah, yeah. And, and, you know. Yeah, like, moving
2: around. Christopherson's
0: the, got some great Oh, dude, he's one of the great
2: American songwriters yeah, for yeah. sure, man. Yeah. Like, but, but anyway, Nashville is just, I mean, it's still country-centric for sure. But, like, yeah, yeah. Jack White, he basically moved his whole company, Third Man, down there probably already, like, 10 years ago, if not more. And so there's, like, kind of a scene surrounding that. And there's, like, there's just, like, more different stuff happening. But the, the crazy thing is, like, it now, like, Nashville is, like, the last full-on music town. Like, that's mm-hmm. their biggest industry. They do that's have
0: like, United Pressing down there, too. And, oh, yeah, yeah, but that's United, what I mean. Like, yeah, the, just like, the music industry it's, it's in It's still ch- industry. Overall. Yeah, exactly. It's still an
2: actual industry. Yeah. The, I mean, and that's, like, their main industry, whereas, like, even in New York or L.A., you know, it's like you got L.A., you got the movie industry, and New York is just turning into, like, business shit. Bullshit hole. industry. Yeah, just yeah. garbage. <laughs> yeah, dude, New York is crazy like, right uh, now. sucks, man. You it's remember cool. this neighborhood? That's what, I mean. That's what I'm laughing at, oh man. Like, God. dude, the, me and Angie, over like, last summer already, we were just like, where the fuck did all these fucking people come from? It's fucking buzzing. Dude, yeah, it's going to get crazy. But you know what? As far as like our immediate neighborhood and our loft lock coverage, because mm-hmm. you know the end game is like a buyout. Yeah, yeah. dude, I'm like, bring it on.
1: Yeah, for you're sure. just increasing
2: the fucking property value with every yeah. new fucking thing you build. And dude, like our neighborhood, holy fuck! I just read a thing that in Fort Greene. I mean, we're technically we're technically in what they call the Navy Yard area because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we're on the wrong side of the tracks from Park Ave uh-huh. and Myrtle. Yeah, just, um, no, sorry. dude, oh, the fucking med- I just found out that the median rent for a one bed. In Fort Green is thirty two hundred dollars. Wow. <laughs> Woohoo! That's crazy, man. Dude, I am just uh counting my blessings dude. for the you know. Yo, you that
1: know, that, the that when we
2: wise.
1: yo, when we had the garage down here with the my own, you remember the garage that we had down here with the half pipe? Oh yeah,
2: oh, yeah. of course, dude. I remember the first time <laughs> yeah. I walked in with there the, seeing Paul the just fucking ripping, ripping it, there, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What is happening in here? Yeah. We had the the live music set Oh, it was great. I love that place. It was great. That was the playhouse. It was right
0: down the street. A block Ah, down. You had the big, there was the big mirror and then the skyline. Yeah. New York skyline. Dude, Matt Scarface. And then you had your fucking blue chopper. Yeah, it was great. The white <laughs> yeah. chopper. The white chopper was white. The first first one you Oh, the blue one, yes, the turquoise. I one. have pictures of Nicole oh, yeah. well, sitting on yeah, that fucking chopper. Yeah.
1: That the three fifty chopper. Yeah, yeah. The hundred three fifty I don't even think I saw the white one. Oh, that was that's the one I still have. It's not white. Oh. It's
2: not white anymore, but I still
1: have that bike. From all that time, man, that's a long that time.
2: Fuck. N- Anybody want to buy a BMX cruiser? No. I gotta just like I, I think I just need to donate that shit to like you're, recycle you're, a bike just like don't I don't have the space for it and it's been sitting with flat tires because like I got, my, I got my mountain bike mm-hmm. and I actually want to actually want to flip that and get a bike more like Angie's because every time I ride hers I'm just like so jealous. I bought a dirt jumper because, like you know, like like I grew up riding trails, like BMX, oh, and, yeah, 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 yeah. and everything. Like I was thinking about shit. that shit today, actually. Yeah, like, you know, like Ice Age Trail. And you would
0: have follow. like your fields, like when you're going to your buddy's house or going to somewhere. Like you had certain fields you could run through, and you yeah. do the jumps. Dude, and the even in Milwaukee, and in
2: the city, Lake Park, the fucking yeah. crazy jump. Yeah.
0: With yeah. The,
2: you know, there's a Hell John yeah. has a picture of him doing a full like twink, yeah like <laughs> tabletop jump. Yeah, like on John.
0: The, Dude, oh shoot! John threw down back in the day, like. <clears you>
2: know,
0: <throat> I used to see John at the turf, when I used to skate oh, at the right. turf with our set.
2: Yeah, I, I just, I knew I was never good enough to like really skate bowls, and I was not trying to. I mean, I was already into like, music really hardcore by that at that point, and I yeah. knew like I had friends that were incredible skateboarders, and I was just like, like I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah. That's how I love skating. but that's how it goes. I, so. skating. I, it goes. I was yeah, skating and playing know.
0: music at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, but, I just
2: I didn't I just didn't have this, the same talent with skating. Yeah, you know? that's it's
0: one of those things that yeah you know you know but I still have it's crazy to see the so
2: much fun the I'm amount of, of, ball of ball yeah
1: it's super fun ball. and it's a, and it's what I miss about skate what I miss about skating now is that well no this is probably not fair for me to say that it just means that I'm just older and I'm not out there Danny that's not fair I'm out like roll. there rolling with the youngins the old man I'm not <laughs> out there rolling with the youngins you know what I'm saying yeah. but like I I was about to say that it doesn't feel like the same amount of you know how we did it back in the, but that's some bullshit it's not true
0: these young kids are going it's, they're just
1: you, doing it their own way it. yeah yeah you
2: it's just like you're but, not in it Yeah.
1: you're not living I it i caught myself I was like, right, <laughs> don't be a fucking old the
0: ass. thing that gets me now is like like i see the size of the boards and it takes me back to like remember rodney mullen and oh, you're yeah. like oh with the, the little freestyle, freestyle boards, boards. the yeah, only yeah. thing that i think Dude, is different those now those boards were so wide the back. only thing i think that is different now
1: was skateboarding between from when we were kids And before us, compared to now, what it's like is that back then, you you got beef for being a skater.
2: Oh, it's way more socially acceptable.
1: Now, it's like, this shit is on the fucking Yo, the city city just built
2: a skate park underneath the BQE overpass, like six blocks from my house. This shit's about to be in the Olympics. Seriously, skateboarding is about to be in the Olympics, man.
1: You know what I mean? So, that's a far cry from what was happening when we were doing it. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. When we were doing it, all it represented was being a fucking asshole yeah. to society. You yeah, were like, you, know, you fuck put marks you. on the wall. It was just super punk rock, man. It was like, yeah. you know, against like, you could pick what level you wanted to go with it. You could be totally like anarchy style, whatever, and that was your way. It, it allowed a expression. lot of children to be an artist. Right. Just, yeah. They just found a skateboard. And they were like, yo, I can do this too. Yeah. And then yeah, they, and they then- would make s- tricks. Back then, like, now it's easier, man. Kids just watch YouTube and they learn yeah. how to be a fucking good skater now. Fast. Oh. No. Like, in a year, no. you can be a young kid getting on a skate. If you had some good athleticism, you can ride a skateboard. You can watch enough oh, fucking dude. videos in one year that will make you a fucking phenomenal skateboarder. Sure. Oh, I mean, listen. You might not have the best style, but you can technically <laughs> learn how to true. watch it on YouTube, learn it and apply it like any martial art, like any kind All of right. dance routine. You can learn it, program Man, yeah, your body yeah, yeah. to muscle memory, and perform that trick. Whether or not you can add your own style, that's the electric energy that is, we're not talking about in this conversation. Right. Yeah. You know, that's the spirit side of it. That's a whole other thing.
2: No, you, know it's a, 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 you got me really hyped by bringing that up because it's the same thing that I've been saying for a while about, like, since, like, the prevalence of YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like, I have totally seen the fact in younger musicians that are coming up, like, guys that are really studying and, like, you know, really, like, focused on being instrumentalists or whatever, on whatever their axe is. Um, you know, back in the day, you only had whatever amount of money you could spend on buying music. Yeah, so right. you made a count, and you listened to that record a thousand times, and you digested every last bit of it that you could. Yeah. And now, everything is just on tap. Onto oh, all yeah, like the time. Shit, the yeah. shit that I... That right. would get lazy like, I with I had it. to dig for, like, actually getting the music, and then I had to work my ass off to transcribe either just by ear or actually writing it down or something. Or, like, sit and, down, and down and behind
0: the kit with the headphones on and play it. That's and what and I mean. That's like, what I mean by, like, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah, orally yeah.
2: transcribing. Like, I remember literally looking up one thing that, like, I spent a year on, like, because, like, something, you know, that was, like, really advanced and, like, really pushed me and helped me to, like, go through the process of of learning. And then like years later like you know within the last 10 years like going like oh let me look that up on on YouTube and sure enough like four different versions of just like here's exactly how you do it and i think that's great in one way if if the the kids or the younger musicians have got like the right artistic mentality and and and, and are are going to use that technique the right way but there's definitely many situations where i've heard these cats like it's like James Brown, talking loud, ain't saying nothing. It's like, right. they have all this facility, but it's like, what are you expressing? Like, it just sounds like a, somebody with like right. a, a huge vocabulary, but doesn't understand grammar. So, yeah. Yes,
1: exactly. Every instrument, you it's, have an example of the same thing.
0: It's so devoid of feel, but the technique is, like, completely there.
2: Yeah, like, like on paper, they're killing it, but you're just like... I had a friend growing up, his sister was uh,
0: classically trained on the piano, right? Right. and i was like yo do you ever like just jam out you know yeah. and and she's like just like improvise and play yeah you just like bang <laughs> chords <and laughs> guys, you yeah. know, like see what comes out and she's like no i never really improvised. guy i don't know how i was like you never sat down at a piano and like 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 you never even like and she had no ability to just create, create melodies right. on her own well, but you take... put that shit in front of him and you're like, holy fuck, this person's killing it.
2: But, but that's the thing. Like, I've said this before, too, where I would rather work with a musician who has got limited training but got great ideas and great that's musical instincts. Hi. The, the, yeah. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> I'm the limited musician. <laughs> no, with but great it's not, party it's, skills. So we
0: cut, like, three reggaeton. So I called a session, and it was Josh on bass. Raja on guitar, Danny playing rhythm guitar. Never did it. But- he's hitting me up on the like the week before the session. Hey man, make sure you send me that stuff. Like, <laughs> and I'm pulling <laughs> Omar oh, no- yeah, oh, shit like those guys. Shit. I'm like, dude, you got this, man. Don't even worry about. <laughs> it. He's like, yeah, but send me the music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was having a heart attack, man. So he shows up right, and like him and Raja playing together. Like this is my first time shit. meeting Raja. Yeah, though. he never met Raja before, and he's just like, I've heard his music, and he sounds good. He sounds like, good. <laughs> <laughs> He's alright. He can play. I guess. <laughs> I was sweating
1: fucking bullets the whole time, dude. I was like like holy shit. I I don't think I've ever played that clean with that much feel at
2: the same time ever in my life. You know why? Because that you just experienced like you because you cared about it you because of the in the situation that you're not used to and that you don't have experience with it like pushed you up it's like when when like yeah yeah like i you know situations where like or any of us were like i had to you, execute. you're the you're the you're the least talented of the people that you're playing with it right. lifts you up yeah definitely no yeah. doubt It, it yeah, you plugged it into it you. Yeah. You plugged so that's the thing it. and that's it's all about awareness and yeah. that's one of the biggest lessons i learned about Making music and just opening yourself up to be that yeah. channel of creativity yeah, yeah. and not getting in your own way and stepping on your dick, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you totally. know, like is is it's so psychological. It's such a psychological, spiritual thing. Yeah, yeah, and, totally. And then you get when you get plugged in. I, I had like, on, man. It, it takes a complete <laughs> letting go of like a lot of shit. You know, what's you, funny? Somebody just
0: is, let yourself fall into the music. Yeah, you just
2: allow yourself to do it.
0: Change. Yeah, yeah, this this yeah. When you're executing
1: Another it, piece. you might get lost in the you know timing kind of like you know just keeping what it going is- but
0: if you know Listening the whole time. Well, used to fuck I've definitely caught myself be like, oh, sure, I would be know. counting in my head, but I'm not listening to where the bass is. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and,
2: and, and that's that's what people.
0: That's, that's the listen. how long have I been driving for? <laughs> yeah, how long have I not been paying attention? It's for? such a
1: basic
2: thing, <laughs> you, and we'll
0: overlook it. sometimes.
2: that's a perfect point. I mean, you're you're, you're dropping golden nuggets because that's exactly <laughs> golden nuggets, man. I just <laughs> chipped my pants <laughs> with gold. I instantly really regretted saying nuggets. that. <laughs> I I I knew. How did I? (laughs) I know it was going to go there.
1: El Nuggets Dorado. (laughs) 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 That's the fucking Spaghetti Western that you're in.
0: That's our Spaghetti Western record. (laughs) In ancient. 1800s Wild West <laughs> ancient ancient 1800s ancient 1800s it's As vintage opposed the
1: And opposed like,
2: 1800s we're talking about the ancient throw ones. some raptors in there <laughs> fucking mix it all up fucking yeah. the aliens that integrated with the Aztecs throw them in there too like you know